a lot of that particular co-creative process was about trusting spirit to work things out on my behalf. And this is an extremely paradigm shifting way to be. And the reason this is so paradigm shifting is because we are taught to not believe that things are going to work out the way we hope, you know, we're taught to worry, we're taught to have a backup plan, have lots of backup plans, right? Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hey y'all, welcome back and welcome back to me as well. I just got back from a short break. We took a little break in the um, cadence of the episodes to give me some time and some spaciousness to celebrate my 40th solar return. So I'm grateful to have had that space and I had a really beautiful birthday. It was uh, July 14th. I was blessed to spend it on Catalina Island doing one of my favorite things, which is to explore and wander around a new place. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for all of my, my friends and my family and the folks who took the time to reach out and send so much love. Definitely had me tearing up on that day in particular. So, so grateful for all of the people in my life who continue to lift me up. And I'm excited about this new decade. So since I am still in the energy of this solar return, this very meaningful solar return, if you will, it felt right to share a solo episode with you all to talk about a couple of things that have been coming up for me pretty consistently lately. And you all know I love to share a good word. So the things that have been coming up definitely tie into the energy that I'm in right now, which is ushering in a new decade. And not only ushering in a new decade, but ushering in a new cycle of life. And so that's actually one of the things that I want to talk about is cycles of life from the perspective of numerology. And the other thing I want to share about is what it means to co-create with source, with spirit, with God, and how that has 
manifested in my life over the past several months and what I've learned. So let's start with cycles of life. First of all, shout out to everyone who turned 40 this year, all my 83 babies. Uh, Shout out to anyone who's approaching 40. And of course, I have so much love for everybody who has already made that transition into 40. But for me so far, it's been a really special time. And I'd been really feeling this even leading up to this, you know, milestone birthday, because I'm feeling this level of self-knowledge that has really laid this really beautiful foundation for the decade ahead. And so for anyone who is you know, about to make that transition into 40 or who has recently, I hope you're feeling that emergent energy as well. You know, the opportunities feel palpable, you know, creating from that space. And I'm really excited about what this decade has to offer. So one of the reasons this is such a milestone for me personally is This isn't just the beginning of a new decade for me. This is actually the beginning of a new life cycle as well uh, from the perspective of numerology. And I'm going to explain that a little bit and then I'll tell you what that cycle is in my life and how you can find out what yours is. But let's start from the basics. So over the past few months, I've been learning a lot more about numerology Um, its origins, my own personal numerology, and the energy of different periods of my life that have really rang true as I, you know, really reflect on different periods. And so one thing that I thought was really interesting that I learned recently is that numbers in ancient times were actually considered to be primarily spiritual, Um, not necessarily these, you know, super objective, like scientific tools that we primarily see them as today. And when you think about it, it makes so much sense because numbers are, in numerology, you know, specifically, they're a product of paying attention to the cycles of nature, you know, Um, paying attention to the cosmos, paying attention to the cycles of the moon, the seasons, you know, and and counting those things and how everything relates and works in harmony and unison. And then recording those systems, you know, that we know today, like astrology and, uh, of course, numerology. So it's all inherently spiritual. And so when we take a step back and think of it from that perspective and and its origins, we really see the vast scope of numerology and how we can really use the energy of these numbers to inform different aspects of our lives. And so I wanted to really 
dive into this with you all because it's been such a beautiful tool, you know, for me to dive into over the past year. And hopefully it will be for you as well. So again, numerology is a very vast concept, but within numerology, there's the concept of your personal year. And so your personal year is a year-long cycle of energy that runs from one birthday to the next, and it describes the events and the energy and the themes and the opportunities that will be presented for that upcoming year. And I'll include one caveat to this, that some people calculate the personal year based on the calendar year. I've found um, for me that the personal year feels aligned as birthday to birthday because after all it is your personal new year. So if you Google, you know, personal year, you may find some folks who say base it on the calendar year. It starts on January 1st and ends on December 31st. Um, but for me, and lots of others, uh, it really rings true to be birthday to birthday. So with that said, this happens to be my one year. Personal year follows a nine-year cycle. And so from one through nine is considered to be one full cycle in your life. So this birthday marked the end of my nine year, which is all about completion and letting go and reflection. And that has all rang very true for me um, over the past year. And so the one year ushers in basically what you created space for in the nine years. So the one year ushers in lots of new opportunities, lots of change, lots of new beginnings. It also marks uh, a period of independence. Um, and it could even be a little isolating as well. So there are tons of um, energetic nuances that go along with each of these cycles. And so I want you all to really kind of open up to what the personal year could offer you. So there's a lot to <laughs> numerology, like I keep saying. I highly recommend visiting Cafe Astrology, um, which is a really great site to get a full numerology report. Fortunately for this, you don't need your birth time. All you need is your date of birth, literally the month, the numerical figure for the month and the, and the date, and the current year. And so what you do is you break all of that down into single digits and you add all of those single digits up until you reduce it to one single number. And then you have your personal year number. And when you calculate it for one year, for a single year, that is, then 
the cycle continues because it's all in order. And so once you find out what what one of your um, personal years is, then you know the rest. And so I knew that when my nine year ended, I was going into my one year. Next year will be my two year and so on. So highly recommend that you go check this out. Here's what following reading about, feeling into the energy of my personal year has taught me or reminded me of, if you will. It's a couple of things. One is that everyone is exactly where they need to be in this moment. So we talk a lot about comparison and judgment of other people's journeys. And even for folks who are more intentional than others about deepening into their spiritual journey, you know, being on a bit of a spiritual high horse at times. And I tell y'all, what I have learned over the past few years of deepening into my own journey is that Everyone truly is exactly where they are supposed to be. So when you go and calculate your personal year, or when you just out of curiosity maybe, go and read about each of the nine year cycles and the energy and the themes that come up for them, you'll see that there are some stark differences in the themes of those years. So for example, around the time I was moving to LA, around the time I was starting the podcast, selling my home, doing all of these very active, high energy (laughs) activities, I was in my eight year. And the eight year is really about willpower. Willpower is a huge theme of the eight year, as is using your willpower to chart a new path, to place yourself where you actually want to be, to let go of limitations. And so for me, that was July, 2021 through July, 2022. And so you know what happened during my eight year? I left my old job. I sold my home. I moved across the country to where I wanted to live. I started all these new projects. So that just goes to show the energy of the eight year is very different from the nine year, from what my one year is about to feel like. So I say that to say, when you're encountering different people along their journey, give each other grace, you know? Give each other grace because we are not going to be in the same place as one another spiritually. It's just not, it's just not the way, it's just not the way it works. And so really take time to feel into where you are, you know, in your journey, but also use this, use the concept of the personal year to have more compassion for your fellow human beings. 
I think that's really uh, a big piece that that comes out of or that has come out of exploring this further in my own life. Knowing that we are all here in earth school, learning what we are supposed to learn in this lifetime. So feel into that. Give others grace. Give yourself grace. Lead with compassion and love and learn what you're here to learn, you know? So the other thing that diving into my own personal year has reminded me of is the value of these tools, the beautiful perspective we gain from using the tools that are at our disposal. So some folks will say, oh, there's certain things that we're just not supposed to know, or we're supposed to just be out here just figuring it out as we go. And I completely agree with that to an extent. But I also feel that astrology exists for a reason. Numerology exists for a reason. These tools have given me so much perspective over my own life. And I feel I feel like sometimes we see spiritual tools as kind of a, a form of entertainment, which it can be as well. But these tools are ancient gems, you know, for us to really use to explore the depths of who we are. And so I say that to say, look up your numerology, you know, look up your astrology, use it on your journey, you know, use it to give you a deeper perspective around where you're going, where you've been. Uh, It's been so instrumental in my own journey and I want that for you as well. So with that said, I am going to link to some really helpful tools in the show notes. I'm going to share, of course, where you can get your numerology report for free from Cafe Astrology and also just some other helpful links um, for you all to just dive into these tools and get a little more curious. Yeah, so I hope you'll explore that with me. Now, let's move on to the other item that has been on my mind around this solar return energy. So as I've been feeling into my personal year, I've also had the opportunity to deepen my co-creative partnership (laughs) with Source. And that has taught me a ton as well. And I want to share some of my learnings with you all. Some might talk about this from the perspective of manifestation, but I really like to talk about it from the perspective of co-creation because when I think about it from the perspective of co-creation, it reminds me that I am creating in partnership, you know, with source, with spirit. So there are a couple of things that have 
come up over the past year in particular that have come to fruition in a really beautiful way and offered me these case studies, if you will, for how I best co-create with Source. And so one of those case studies is actually how I found my apartment in LA. And I mentioned this last season, I didn't really tell the whole story, but it's a really beautiful example because it illuminates the moments of uncertainty. Of course, there's a lot of unknown in the co-creative process, but ultimately it all came to fruition the way that I anticipated. And so before I tell that story, I first want to give a broader um, perspective of how co-creation has shown up in my life over the past year or so. So there are two ways, if you will, that this has shown up. So the first way this has shown up is when I just receive a really powerful download. Those moments when you know, you might be in meditation, you might be just going about your day and something just like divine inspiration just comes through and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, you know? And uh, for those who know the origin story of the podcast, that's an example of that form of co-creation. And so that process was initiated by this very powerful download And I used my free will to move that energy forward, to stay in flow with that creative energy, you know, that came through for the podcast. And so once I got that download, I then communicated it to to others. I then started putting the resources in place to make it happen. I started sharing it with folks so that they knew about it so that they could then support it or help with the resources or offer partnership. And so that's one example of how that co-creative relationship is initiated. Another example is when I have a deep desire for something happening when I am, you know, very convicted in making, creating something in the physical and the universe gets into motion. The universe starts to put things in my path in the most beautiful, unanticipated way, you know, and An example of that is how I found my apartment. And so you could call this old school manifestation, if you will. But in this example, I wrote a very, very specific list of what I was looking for in my apartment, in my home in L.A., And one of those things, one of those main things was um, arched walkways. And I 
was very tempted throughout the process to lose that desire to just like cross that off the list because I wasn't seeing a ton of it. I wasn't seeing a ton of it in my price range, but I was remembering a mentor telling me once to trust your desires to lead you to exactly where you're supposed to be. And I also learned about this from a human design perspective as well. So trusting your desires to lead you where you're supposed to be, I just kept reminding myself of that. Some other things on the list were the exact price range I was looking for, um, easy parking, safe neighborhood, close to nature. So yeah, so several months before, or about a month actually, before I actually physically moved, I came to LA just to look for neighborhoods and I landed in Echo Park. And as I was walking around, I, it felt good in my body, you know, another way of just trusting what's true for you. And I knew that I'd seen this place on Trulia. It looked like it had everything on the list that I'd made. And so I basically came out to check it out to see if it was, if it was real, you know? So I look at the place and initially there was this, uh, you know, my mind got involved, you know, uh, I was led by my heart there. My mind got involved when I looked at the place, my first introduction to the LA rental market. And I see that the place is still in the middle of being painted. It's like being prepared for the next tenant. Um, someone had already applied for it. So I didn't get that particular place, but it was also too soon to secure a place uh, where I was in my timeline. But there was something about the neighborhood. There was something about the building and it did have everything on my list. And so I went home and I was a little uncertain. Even though I had everything on my list, I was uncertain. I looked at one other place um, virtually, you know, that ended up not working out. But then I kind of sat myself down and I remember I had my notebook in front of me and I said to myself, read what you desire. Read through it one more time. Is this the place? And every time I read through it, it was a yes. It was a full body yes. This is what you manifested. So I took a big risk I moved to LA before securing a new place because I knew in my heart that this was the place. So my sister and I did our cross-country drive and I remember in the car telling her on the way there, I was like, this might sound weird, but I'm not gonna look for a place when we get to LA because I already know where I'm living. And so sure enough, the day after we get there, I look on the rental site and the same exact unit, 
same exact floor plan, everything with the arched walkways in the same building had just come available that day. I applied for it, I was approved, and that is where I live. And so a lot of that particular co-creative process was about trusting spirit to work things out on my behalf. And this is an extremely paradigm shifting way to be. And the reason this is so paradigm shifting is because we are taught to not believe that things are going to work out the way we hope, you know, we're taught to worry. We're taught to have a backup plan, have lots of backup plans, right? And mind you, it has taken a lot of um, practice using my intuition, feeling into what feels true for me. It has taken a lot of time to expand my capacity for the unknown, for that level of trust, you know, but I would not have it any other way. I truly wouldn't. So that's one example of the two in story form of how that co-creative partnership has worked in my life. And I'm hoping that I get the opportunity to share another story, another really beautiful story of co-creative partnership with Source with you all very soon about something else that I have called in that, that I'm staying very much in flow with. So I wanted to share that to hopefully inspire you to be a bit more comfortable in those unknown spaces and you really don't get to see how magical life can be until you allow it to happen for you until you kind of surrender to it and get out of the way you know and so I share that story so that it's out there for folks to see that it can happen you know, it can happen that way for you as well. So when it comes to co-creation, there are tons of lessons that I've learned over the course of the last year, but there are a couple of things that I want to highlight that have made this process a lot more fluid for me. So the first is about this concept of being lit up. And we hear this talked about a lot in human design, the concept of being lit up, you know, especially for manifesting generators and generators. And what I've learned about my sacral response or my gut, you know, intuition, which oftentimes, as explained in human design, comes through as an audible sound of affirmation or satisfaction or a physical, very physical feeling in response to something that's like very positive. 
what I've found is that energy is truly meant to be initiation energy. It's not necessarily meant to be a sustained feeling of lit upness throughout the process of you creating this thing, right? There can be exceptions, of course. I feel lit up in the process of having these conversations and recording the podcast and, you know, creating other aspects of Worthy Well light me up at different intervals of the journey. But what I've learned in my own process is if we expect to be consistently lit up after that initiation energy, then we can sometimes lose the opportunity to ground into what we're creating to create something sustainable. And so one really cool comparison that I could think of around this is the initiation energy of starting a car. And so when you start a car, there's an ignition, at least, you know, an old school car, not an electric car necessarily, but there's an initiation, there's an ignition energy to starting a car, but we can't keep that ignition energy the entire time we're driving the car, right? If you try to stay at the ignition energy the entire time, I don't know what scientifically would happen, but you might combust, (laughs) you know? Um, You would go around just lighting fires everywhere and you would combust. And so what I've learned in my own process is use that initiation energy for as long as you can. Use it for as long as it feels potent for you. But once it dissipates, be really discerning about whether that means, oh, it's time to move on from this thing, or whether it means, oh, it's time to ground in and create something sustainable. And the way I tell the difference in my own journey is how it feels. You know, if you're still feeling a level of satisfaction, you know, after that initiation energy, then it's time to ground into what you are co-creating. It's time to shift gears, if you will, using the same analogy to create something more sustainable. But if it doesn't feel good in your body, if you're feeling levels of frustration or um, dissatisfaction, then it's time to get curious about what that is, you know? Do you need to take a different direction? Do you need to leave something behind? Do you need to do it differently? So this is a really interesting piece that has kept coming up for me because folks are getting more and more into human design in particular. And I want to make sure we're all feeling or grounding into this knowledge and using it, you know, to the best of our our ability. So 
That is what I've learned about the energy of being lit up. Now, the second thing is about soul resonance. So in the spirit of being lit up, I kind of had this epiphany not long ago about what that actually is. So what is happening? What is happening in our energy and our aura when something lights us up, when something feels right for us? And this concept of soul resonance came up for me when something resonates deeply with our soul. And what I realized in that process for me is that the reason this thing resonates so deeply with me is because the God in me created that thing for me to see. And so it's almost like when spirit brings something to our attention, the spirit within us recognizes it. It's actually the spirit within us that's recognizing and reacting and resonating with that thing. And so this was a really beautiful recognition again of what true co-creation is. We are literally reacting to things that the God within us brought into our path. And so as you continue to move along your journey, remember that. Remember that the next time you feel energetically that something's resonating with you, the next time you feel lit up about something, know that that's not just happenstance. That's spirit. That's God. And the God in you is what's resonating and reacting and and moving with it. And so let that be an invitation for you to be in deeper resonance and be more intentional about those things that come into your life and feel good in your soul. And the last thing I'll say about this is what it means to stay in flow with what it is you are co-creating with source, what it is you are manifesting. And you hear a lot of talk about this now that we're deepening into what it means to manifest something, but I want to reiterate it because I think it's so incredibly important and I've seen it in practice in my own life. And that is how to stay in flow with what it is you're calling in. So if you're calling in a, it doesn't matter what it is, if you're calling in a job opportunity, if you're calling in a home, if you're calling in a partner, anything that you call in and that you desire to call in, there are steps, you know, to that. There are actions you can take. And 
things you can do to stay in flow with it. And so going back to the podcast example, when I got that download, I stayed in flow. My way of staying in flow with the energy of that download was to put all these things into place so that it could come to fruition in an efficient, beautiful way. And so if you are manifesting a certain job, actually the concept of an engine is what's coming up for me right now. And so how are you using your energy to keep that initiation going, right? So you might use your energy to just start applying for things. And along the way, the perfect thing just drops into your lap, seemingly drops into your lap. And so using your energy to feed that engine is a really beautiful way to stay in flow with your co-creative partnership, with your manifestations. And you will see that it'll only foster a deeper level of trust and source, a deeper level of trust in yourself. And it'll also help fill the space in those unknown moments as well, you know? So definitely keep that in mind. And that is really what was on my heart around co-creation. So as I continue to deepen into this new decade, this new life cycle, I am sending you so much love as you hopefully explore these cycles, these forms of co-creation for yourself. We have beautiful tools to help us along this journey And I hope this podcast is also a beautiful tool that you'll use as you continue to chart your path. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for continuing to deepen into your own journey. Remember to extend grace, love, compassion to your fellow human beings on this journey and I will talk with you all again very soon hey thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends I'm worthy well if you enjoyed the conversation be sure to leave a review and hit the follow button to be notified about new episodes you can follow me on instagram at shelby renee giles And to keep up with WorthyWell, join the list at WorthyWell.co. Until next time, journey well.